Hello and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fund Calibre. I'm Ryan Lightfoot-Brown and today we're joined by Richard Hallett, the Elite Rated Manager of the Marlborough UK Multicap Growth Fund. Richard, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. Can you tell us what your view of the UK or even the global economy is at the moment? Yes, of course. Um, uh, the UK economy as we see it at the moment is is growing um, at a fairly tepid rate of about 1% to 1.2%, depending on who you speak to. Um, but that is uh, on a slowing trajectory. Really, um, uh, this is due to the ongoing effects of the Brexit uncertainties and the effects that's having on entrepreneurs and business leaders and the um, slowdown in decision-making um, in, in, the, in the business environments. Um, it's also having an effect on consumer spending habits as well. And we see all these areas sort of really um, being affected, particularly in the car industry, in the construction sectors, hospitality, and, and, and in the retail space as well. Um, but having said all that, this 1.1% growth we see as being particularly resilient given the geopolitical sort of headwinds that the UK economy is um, enduring. Um, but without Brexit, out forecasting the Brexit um, outcome, you know, we see a continuation of that sort of trend. Um, conversely, on the global side of things, growth is about 3%, again on a slowing um, level, um, but more impacted by the uh, US versus China uh, trade negotiations, which have been upping um, in uh, ante over the last few months. Um, this is... Um, an ongoing process and it remains volatile and uncertain but we, we view this sort of level of growth um, as quite attractive given the very um, low levels of interest rates globally and indeed the fact that interest rates are likely to be lowered um, again later this year given very recent comments from the European and uh, Federal Reserves or central bankers. And how does that view impact your investment decisions? Well, I think the first point on this is that um, we, we take the view that um, uh, forecasting economic and political uh, scenarios is incredibly difficult to do on any sort of reliable or consistent basis. And this really sort of plays into the fact that um, and why we prefer to select companies which have an ability at least to, or potential to grow through the business cycle. Um, with a sort of um, a, a really sustainable growth, irrespective of the economic outlook. Um, they can do this by um, being a leading position in sectors which are really benefiting from powerful long-term structural growth trends, or what we call secular growth. Um, and these trends we see as being particularly, particularly global in nature, and uh, this is why the fund is positioned in, in companies which are quite global, have global franchises. And this enables the fund to benefit from, as we previously discussed, a sort of a stronger global um, growth backdrop uh, and protects it from perhaps a, a more tepid UK situation. And um, what's the stock in your portfolio that excites you the most and why? Okay, yeah, I mean, Craneware is one of our largest holdings in the fund. Um, and it's a software business delivering what they call value-based solutions, um, specifically to the U.S. healthcare market. 
Um, and what excites us the most is, this, um, is their investment that they've been deploying in the last few years into a completely new range of cloud-based uh, software products providing enhanced data analytics and pricing solutions to their existing customer base and indeed hopefully new ones. Um, and this new Trisus product range have typically annual licenses of between one and a half to five times um, the value of their existing average um, product prices. Um, and in, very importantly, we, we think that the cross-sell opportunity into their, particularly their existing customer base, is quite realistic. Um, so any sort of pull-through in demand into the, in this new category of products we see as being um, quite um, a significant contributor to their bottom-line profits. And you tend to avoid oil companies and utility companies. Why is that? Um, well, we see oil and other commodities for that matter as being um, volatile uh, commodities which are hard, which are driven by very hard to predict variables such as demand and supply but also um, geopolitics and economic factors also tend to be quite material factors. Um, so it's a very complex situation in which to analyse and leads us on, you know, lends us to the view of why we prefer businesses with um, a more stable earning structure and a sustainable ability to grow their profits for the longer term. Um, utility companies are slightly different, but they, um, the drawback there, as we see it, is that they are they're vastly sort of regulated entities um, with controls on pricing, but also increasing scrutiny on the amount they, they can spend on things like capital expenditure. Um, this acts as a barrier, perhaps, to maximising shareholder returns and also adds risk to their future levels of profitability. Um, and finally, a final factor is that a lot of the uh, utility companies have, are highly leveraged and got you know, lots of debt on their balance sheet, which we think... Um, limits their headroom in the event of a, a slowdown or shock to their business model. Uh, you, now you touched on that you look for companies with a sustainable competitive advantage and that can grow throughout the market cycle, but I see Tesco's is in your top 10. Is this company not at risk from the likes of Aldi and Lidl? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, interesting. Um, but as part of our investment strategy, alongside our core holdings, um, we do retain the ability to have up to 10% of the portfolio in what we see as shorter-term tactical positions, taking advantage of attractive opportunities as and when they arise. And Tesco really fits within this category. Um, it's going through a period of strategic change where um, the, the management are looking to double operating margins over a few years, um, which we think is credible. Um, uh, another point, I think, is that Tesco's as we see it, it's a very powerful brand and it's also the largest purchaser in its market, particularly as it's entered into a JV with Carrefour quite recently. And it's these two factors which we think give it an edge in holding off competition in the medium term. Um, but I agree with your, your thought that about this competitive dynamic and loss of share and it's with that point in mind that it's probably unlikely to be a, a holding for the longer term. And can you tell us a bit more about another company in your portfolio, perhaps London Stock Exchange, which our listeners will be um, well aware of? 
Yeah, that's um, that's another company which is uh, one of our larger larger holdings and has been very successful for a number of years. Um, the LSC has completely re-engineered its its business model um, over the last five to ten years away from the more vo- volume driven capital markets activities and really positioned itself as a leader in in, in in the information services business and also in the clearinghouse for over-the-counter derivatives. Um, and this new model that the LSE is focusing on really positions, its, positions itself in the strongest growth trends within finance today, um, which are the growth in ETFs, OTC clearing, risk management, and also quant investing. Um, and another factor, I think, is that whilst the LSE itself has been acquisitive over the last few years, and it's recently picked up a stake in Euroclear, the global sector is indeed consolidating, and it's been well rumoured that um, the London Stock Exchange itself could be a target at, at some stage in the future. And last time we met, you mentioned e-commerce was a theme in the fund. Is this still the case? Uh, yes, it is. We see uh, e-commerce and the, the move away from bricks and mortar to... Um, E-commerce spending has been an ong- is a very strong and powerful trend that's going to continue for many years. Um, and our holding in Boohoo, which is a, a leading young fashion uh, e-commerce company, is really benefiting from that trend. And it had very powerful results um, a, year, a week ago. Um, I should also mention that uh, e-commerce growth is really driving the growth in digital payments globally. Um, and our holding in WorldPay is doing, has been doing very well over the last few years. Um, there's lots of M&A and consolidation activity in that market. Um, WorldPay um, merged with an American company called Vantive last year, and the com- combined group has been acquired by Fidelity National Information Services in the last few months. Um, so this really does demonstrate the, the growth in this sector. Well, Richard, thank you very much. That's been really very interesting. And thank you very much for listening. I've been Ryan Lightfoot-Brown, and if you'd like to listen to more of our Investing On The Go podcast, please subscribe to Fund Calibre. Please remember, we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not be holding these stocks at time of your listening.